Well, good morning. Welcome to church. Welcome to Light City. So glad that each and every one of you are here. So glad to be here myself and, and to be able to with you and share this amazing word and share this time with you this morning. Also, a huge happy new year to everybody out there. 2022 is here. New things that God is doing are here. The old has passed away. The new is here. So let's rejoice this morning. The scripture says that this is the day that the Lord has made. So we will rejoice and we will be glad. And, and I pray that over each and every one of you this morning, that whatever you came in with, whatever you're facing in your life right now, that, that as you sit and as you listen to God's word, that your heart is, is awoken to his promises, his principles, that it's, it, it's awakened to his goodness, to his power, to the potential that, that you have and that he has for you this year. So this morning I have a special message for you. Uh, we're going to talk through some fairly practical things as we, as we look forward to the fullness of what 2022 can be as we lay aside 2021. And for some of you, we lay aside even still some of the stuff from 2020. And, and we really get ready and, and, and step into and embrace everything that God has for us in 2022. So let's start this morning with a word of prayer, and then we're going to build a little bit of foundation of where we're going to go. So Heavenly Father, this morning, we're so grateful for your goodness. We're so grateful for your grace that you have anointed us, Lord, to to live this life, to, to walk out this life in the fullness of everything that you have called us and qualified us to be. We thank you this morning that we're seated with you in heavenly places, that we, we don't live according to this world system, but Father, we are, we're with you, we're in you as we abide in you. Lord, we know that your word says that we'll ask whatever we will and it will be done for us by our Father who is in heaven. So this morning, Lord, we lay aside all of our worries, all of our anxieties, and we embrace the, embrace the truth of who you are. You are our ever-loving. You are our good Father. You are all-powerful. You are always present. You're always there in our times of trouble. And we thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this week in, in week number two of our series called New, um, you know, I want to share with you a, a powerful tool that, that Danielle and I have been using really through the, the craziness of the last two years. You know, we've used this tool to draw closer to God. We've used this tool really to build our faith as we've gone through the different trials and challenges that we've faced over the last few years. And this morning, what I want to do for each of you is I want to take some time to really show you how you can apply this exact same tool to your life. And, and throughout it, you know, we're going to do a couple of really practical things, but I'm going to invite you to, to really do the same. And, and so the, the scripture that, that we're going to really focus on this morning is in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. And it's the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to the New Testament church, and this is what he has to say. He says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. So right off the bat, the Apostle Paul is letting us know there are different things that we can set our minds on. There are things above, and, and because there are things above, clearly that means there are things that are below. And so the Apostle Paul is encouraging us, listen, 
when, when, when you have the choice, which is in every decision that we have every single day of our lives, choose to focus on things above. It says this, above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. You know, right off the, the bat there, what hops out at me is that he says the word set. Set your minds. That it's, it's intentional. It's not something that just happens. It's not something that you do when things are good. It's not something that you only do when things, everything in your life is going the way you want it to go. But the Apostle Paul is letting us know there's intentionality to this. There's purpose to this, that we are to set our minds. It's, it's a forceful thing that we force our minds to be set on the word of God. He says this, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So this morning, like I said, I want to share a tool with you. And, and this tool has to do with headlines, has to do with headlines. And how many of you would agree with me that the last really two years of our life has been absolutely dominated by fearful headlines. Where, I mean, like if we rewind back in time to about February or March of 2022, there was really this mysterious new disease that popped up on the scene and it was, it was the coronavirus. And you know, how many of you remember talking about Corona? And I can remember the, the jokes being made about Corona beer and maybe people who drink Corona beer get the coronavirus. And, and actually I think the world bought into these fearful headlines so much so that the Corona beer stock tanked during the beginning season of COVID-19 because I think people honestly thought maybe you got Corona by drinking Corona beer. And, and, and you know, and then as time went on, we realized the severity of this and Corona quickly became COVID-19. And, and, and we watched as this virus really rapidly spread around the world. And what started off being something funny turned into something that was that was really challenging as we watched people die and we watched jobs vanish. We watched businesses shut down. I mean, for a period of time, each and every one of us were locked in our homes. Like we were forced to just stay in our house. And, and I mean, how many of you remember the global toilet paper shortage where you'd go to a store and you couldn't even find toilet paper? I mean, it was a very challenging time. Then, I mean, it seemed like almost a month or so after this whole thing began that the world broke out into this intense racial and political tension and division that, that in the midst of an already challenging season, we, we, the, we're, we're just bombarded by all this tough, challenging reality that's happening around us. And, and it felt like, honestly, after months and months of this negativity where thing after thing after thing and challenge after challenge after challenge happens, it felt as though kind of like we got a break over the last few months. And it felt like, you know, the news was starting to say, you know, COVID is leaving and things are starting to get better. And, you know, we've kind of moved away from the intensity and we're starting to go on the decline only to find out that we're right back in the middle of it. And we got this new variant that's even more intense than any of the other ones before. And how many of you know that sometimes living in a world where there is so many negative headlines, it can honestly make us feel 
like everything in our life is negative. But this morning I want to take a little bit of time and I want to share with you a tool uh, that, that really is going to invite you into a change of perspective. Because, you know, let me tell you something that I've learned about headlines, and, and I'm sure that you have learned the exact same lesson, especially over the last two years of all the crazy headlines, is, is that while there are headlines out there, and while the headlines sometimes seem true, how many of you know that not all headlines are true? Like, I can, you know, take you back to when I was preparing this message, reading through some of the kind of famous yet inaccurate headlines. And one of the ones that I read, you know, said, you know, it was, you know, it's a Titanic sinking, no lives lost. How many of you know that, that the headline sounds nice and it sounds catchy, but it is in itself inaccurate. And, and sometimes, headlines are honestly just funny like I can remember reading a headline and the headline went like this like woman accidentally joined search party looking for herself and while sometimes it can feel like our lives are bombarded by headlines oftentimes the headlines that we read are not true at all or sometimes they're really just meant to be funny and not taken seriously at all. And this morning, I want to take a little bit of time and teach you. Before 2022 even begins, I want to teach you how do you hijack your headlines. Because if you're taking notes this morning, I want to encourage you to write this down. This is probably going to be my main point this morning. And the main point is this. Listen, you can't always change your circumstances, but you can always change your perspective. Let me say that again. In life, you can't always change your circumstances, but one of the things that you can always change and control is your perspective. Now, here's the reality. In life, we're gonna face some hard things. Your life right now, you might be sitting wherever you're sitting this morning, feeling like I've got some really intense, challenging, real things happening in my life this morning that I cannot change. Listen, I've tried to change them. I've done everything that I could possibly do to change them, and I cannot change them. Well, listen, this morning I've got some good news. Well, maybe you can't change your situation. You can change your perspective. And truthfully, we watch this very principle being done constantly throughout Scripture. I mean, probably one of the most famous of these examples is in the life of Moses. When Moses is sending the 12 spies to go in and to spy out or to survey the land of Canaan. Right, you remember the Israelites had spent hundreds of years in slavery and they magnificently had their triumphant exit out of Egypt. They, they miraculously crossed the Red Sea and now they've made their way to the promised land, the land that God had promised their, their fathers, fathers, fathers. The generations had been promised and they're finally the generation that's going to go in and possess the promise that they had been promised for thousands of years. 
So Moses sends in the 12 spies to go in and to spy out the land. I think in one hand to determine, you know, what's going on there. But another hand, I mean, after thousands of years of being promised something, I would be pretty curious to know what does this promise look like? You know, what does the soil look like? What are the conditions like? Who, go in and see who lives there. You know, what are they like? Are there few? Are there many? Are they strong? Are they weak? You know, what is the general condition of this land that we are about to inherit? Now, as we talk through this story, it's important for us to recognize that, that this was the same situation, yet two groups came out with two very different headlines. You know, there was the positive headline, and this was in the life of Joshua and Caleb. And, and we know that they went in, and they surveyed, and they saw everything, and they came out with a good report. And if they were to write a headline, I'm sure that their headline, according to Scripture, would have looked something like this. Right? God with us, land of milk and honey, rich with blessings for all. Now, Joshua and Caleb came out with a positive headline, but how many of you know that the 10 spies came out with a totally different perspective? It's important to know that they experienced the same things, saw the same things, walked the same walk as Joshua and Caleb. They lived the same situation. They saw the same things, but the 10 of them came out with an entirely different perspective. In fact, the scripture says when they, they saw all the good things, they saw the, you know, the grapes and they, they saw the fertile land and, and they saw all the wonderful things there, but they also saw the people that were there. And the scripture says that, that the people there, they said, were giants and we are nothing but grasshoppers in their sight. In fact, in, in Numbers chapter 13, verses 32, it says this, that when they came out, the report, the headline that they gave was, it said this, it says this in 1331, 32, it says, the land we explored devours those living in it. Right, so if we were to take that scripture and modernize it into 21st century headline, the headline would have said something like this, danger lurks, land devours the living. Now, this is the exact same situation that these two groups of people faced. Yet, they came out with two entirely different reports. And this is where it's important as I reinforce the reality that you can't always change your circumstances, but you can always change your perspective. Now, let's talk about another famous example, and that is the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul has this amazing God-given dream, this goal of one day going and preaching in Rome. He knows that if he can go to Rome, that the whole world is, is really affected by what happens in Rome. And if he can simply get to Rome and preach and, and convert some key people, that he knows that from there, Christianity could spread to the four corners of the earth. And, and Paul has this desire to go to Rome and preach but instead, Paul does go to Rome, but he goes to Rome because he was arrested by the Roman government. And not only was he just arrested, but the scripture says that he was beaten and he was forcefully taken 
to Rome, locked up. He was chained up. The scripture even says that 24 hours a day, he was chained to a rotating set of guards. And, and the biggest conversation around the Apostle Paul was at this time wasn't the messages that he was preaching, but the biggest conversation around the Apostle Paul at this time was whether they should or should not behead him. Now, take a minute and put yourself on the Apostle Paul's shoes and you realize very quickly that this is as bad as it gets. He has this desire to go to Rome preaching, but yet he finds himself in Rome, not a preacher, but a prisoner. And take a minute and imagine what would the media have been like? What would headlines have been like around the life of the Apostle Paul? And and, and for the sake of the message, I wrote some of the headlines down that if I was there reporting, I might write. You know, the first one sounds something like this. Apostle Paul awaits likely execution. Christianity is doomed. You know, maybe depending on the news source, your news might sound something like this. Like Apostle Paul wrongly in prison sues Roman government for tens of millions of dollars. You know, maybe you're more into the opinion pieces and, and your, your, your piece would sound something like this, right? Seven reasons why Christianity will end and die before the end of the first century. You know, or maybe you're not really much of a reader. Maybe you're more of a podcaster and, and there would be the podcast that would be called something like The Rise and Fall of the Apostle Paul. Now, here's the good news because... We are followers of Christ. Like the Apostle Paul says that we have, we've been raised to life in Christ. That our lives don't have to be defined by someone else's headlines. Right? Like, like let me say that again. In the middle of a world where it feels as though the headlines are controlling every step and every movement of our lives. Listen, you may not be able to change what you're facing. However, you can change how you look at what you're facing, right? Like, let me tell you this morning, your family, your health, your business, your success, your future, your children are not determined by someone else's headlines. It doesn't matter what they're saying out there. It doesn't matter how dark they're telling you that it is. Your life does not have to be determined by someone else's headlines. This is why the Apostle Paul tells us that we don't set our minds on earthly things. Why? Because negative news sells and the world is always looking for the next negative thing to focus on. Let me tell you something. Rarely do we read ever or see in the news that they're proclaiming this overly positive agenda. And this is why the Apostle Paul tells us, listen, don't set your minds on earthly things, but think on things. Set your mind on things above. He goes on to tell the churches, right? Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? Because it's so easy to be controlled and conformed by the news of this world. But the Apostle Paul wants us to know and understand that you can write your own headlines. And this is the concept that we talked about a few months back. We talked about this 
the, the, the scientific concept called cognitive reframing. And, and if you didn't have an opportunity to be with us during that time, what cognitive reframing is, is it's a shift in our mindset to look at a situation. Actually, let me say this. Cognitive reframing is a shift in our mindset. It's not a shift in our situation, right? It's that, it doesn't mean that you know when everything in your life is going good and exactly the way that you want it to go, that you're able to look at those things from a positive light. No, cognitive reframing is our ability to sit in the middle of a challenging circumstance and shift our mindset to look at a situation or a relationship from a positive perspective, right? This is a shift in mindset. It's not a shift in circumstance. It's not a shift in situation. It's, it's, it's forcing ourselves to not think about the impure thing, but forcing our minds to focus on, like the Apostle Paul says, that which is good and lovely and pure. It, it's, it's not looking for things in our life that are wrong. Because let me tell you something, church. There's always going to be something wrong. Instead, it's focusing ourselves to, to see and look at and observe the things in our life that are right. It's not focused on what's not there. It's in our lives waking up every day being thankful for what is there. Why? Because you can't necessarily change what's happening to you but you can change your perspective. You can change your perspective. You can change what you look at. You can change what you're focused on. You can change how you process what you're going through, right? I can remember talking to a counselor months ago and I was talking through all the challenges that I had gone through in 20 and 21 and all the difficulties that, that Danielle and I had faced and the different disappointments that we'd walked through. And, and honestly, I feel like this time really turned into a complaining session. And in the middle of it, this, the, the, this woman, she kind of just stopped me. And she said, you know, Alex, I, I understand that there's been a lot of negative things that have been happening in your life, but you got to understand that you get to decide the meaning. You know, she went on to say that, that instead of focusing on all the negative, force yourself to find the purpose in the pain. Force yourself to, to find the purpose in this challenging situation that you're going to. And immediately it was like a light bulb went off on the inside of my head. And I said, listen, I'm going to take this to the next level is I'm not going to just in myself try to rack my brain and find the positive in this because oftentimes in our natural minds, we can't find the positive. But I said, listen, I'm going to let God help me decide and see how this is good. Why? Because scripture tells us very clearly that he is a God who turns all the negative things around for our good because we love him and we're called according to his purposes. He's not gonna just let us sit in something negative, but he's a God who has this amazing ability to turn even the most challenging and difficult and disappointing situations into something that's good for us. And this is exactly what we see the apostle Paul does, is he chooses, because how many of you know if anybody could have chose to be negative, it was the apostle Paul. I mean, the guy literally went through challenge after challenge, difficult situation after difficult. I mean, the guy lived from a very natural looking perspective, a very difficult life. And 
But we watch as the Apostle Paul chooses not to buy into the negative news. I mean, that in itself would be challenging because the Apostle Paul finds himself in a seriously horrible situation. I mean, the man is literally awaiting a potential, and, and, and truthfully, if you understand the context of this scenario that he finds himself in, a probable execution. But we watch in this story, with the help of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul changes his perspective. In other words, we watch the Apostle Paul hijack his headlines. And we see this written in the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 12. It says this, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, right, the, 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 the arresting, the beating, the potential execution, right, this thing that has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Come on, I mean, if that is not a radical transformation of perspective, I don't know what is. That he's been beaten and chained and prisoned and handcuffed to guards and his perspective is this, it's actually served to advance the gospel. It says this in verse 13, that as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guards and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. What's Paul saying here? He's saying, listen, I'm not buying into the negative headlines. I know that I could look at this and feel negative about it. I mean, it wasn't like he was this superhuman mutant. He was a man just like you and I. But he said, I'm not going to buy into these negative reports. I'm going to choose to write my own headlines. And in the midst of this challenge, I can only imagine if Paul was, you know, writing a news article, his article would sound something like this Roman plan backfires. Apostle Paul preaches to a captive audience, right? Because isn't this the truth about really what he's talking about? Like the, the Roman government thought that Paul was their prisoner, but we find Paul in his writings feeling like, and he has this shift in perspective, realizing that I'm not your prisoner. In fact, you're my prisoner. You're literally handcuffed to me 24 hours a day, being forced to listen to me preach about the goodness of our Savior, Jesus Christ. This is why he says that I'm in chains for Christ. Everybody knows I'm in chains for Christ. Why? Not because some miraculous thing happened, but because I tell them time after time, 24 hours, hours a day, seven days a week, that the whole reason that I'm here, the purpose of why I'm here, listen, I didn't come to Rome the way I wanted to come to Rome. I didn't come to Rome exactly the way that I thought I was supposed to go, but because I forced my mind to focus on things above, I realized that though I came as a prisoner, I still get to preach, and you are now my captive audience 24-7, 365 days you're forced to listen to me preach about the goodness of God. What Paul hijacks his headlines. And here's the truth for you. You can write your own 
headlines. Let me tell you something, church. No matter what you're going through, no matter what fear you're facing, no no matter what anxiety you're experiencing in your life, no matter how much worry you have about the future, you can write your own headlines. I mean, granted, you can't control the situation. You can't necessarily change what's happening in your life, but you can control your perspective. Right, like an example of this, I I heard a story years ago about this very, very depressed man. And and, and honestly, maybe this morning, I wonder if, if I'm talking to anyone, I wonder if that's you this morning, that you find yourself feeling depressed, discouraged, walking around feeling like there's no hope at all and and this was the story of this man as he goes in and he to talk to his pastor and and he's just going through such a difficult time and he says to his pastor you know listen pastor like my marriage is struggling and things are just terrible and you know our finances are an absolute racket and, and i'm finding myself in the middle of all these challenges that i'm just losing my faith in god as the story goes the pastor looks over at him and and inquires, you know, let me just see and make sure that I understand because it seems like, man, it just seems like you're going through so much. And when the pastor says, so let me get this straight, you know, your wife and you are divorced and she isn't speaking to you at all. And, and the man, you know, stops the pastor. He's like, no, 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 that's, that's not what's happening. Like, like we're married and, and we both wanted to work, but we're really just going through an extremely challenging time in our relationship. And the pastor looks at him and kind of nods like, okay, I understand him. So let me see if I understand this correctly. You, you, you lost your job and you're unable to work. And, and the man stops the pastor. He's like, no, that's, that's not the case. Like, you know, I'm still employed, but things in our life are tight right now. And there's really no opportunity for promotion. And so, you know, we're just like really stressed financially right now. And, you know, the pastor looks on him and he says, okay, like, yeah. Like, I, I understand what you're saying. And, and okay, well let, well, let me ask you this, the pastor says, you know, let, let, let's really break it down to what's important. He says, so, so you've lost your faith in God. You just, you just don't believe in him at all anymore. You're just, you're just lost. You're backslid. You're just far from him. And the man's like, whoa, like, that's absolutely not what's happening in my life. He, he says, like, I, I, I mean, I still believe in God, but you know, things in my relationship with him just aren't the same. And and the story goes that the pastor kind of looks at him and smiles. And, you know, he says to him, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be little because I see that you have challenges that you're facing in your life. But the pastor goes on to say, you know, from where I'm sitting, I also see that you have some real opportunities. I see that you have a marriage that, while challenged, still has potential. And, and I see a man who, in a world where people don't have jobs and can't find jobs, I see a man who has a job. And, and I see a Christian who still has faith and belief in a God who makes the impossible possible. And I realize something, church, that, that whatever you're facing right now, whatever you're going through, you cannot buy into the devil's headlines because here's the thing he will never stop trying to push his headlines on you 
you know, his headlines sound a lot like you'll, you'll never get through and, or, or maybe you'll never heal or maybe that you're not good enough or maybe that relationship that you're in will never happen or, or maybe you're always going to be alone or you're always going to be broke or maybe the lie or the headline that you're facing and feeling right now is that you're never going to have a relationship that's close to God. And, and I realized something that you can either buy into those headlines or you can choose to change your perspective that yes, while I may be going through something challenging, my God is for me. That if he's for me, who can be against me? That he's with me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. That he sent his son to die for me, to redeem me, to save me. That if he gave his son for me, what would he not do for me? And listen, here's the reality. You may not look, you may not like what you see. But the truth is, is that in the middle of the challenge, God is working in us. Listen, you may have real challenges, but real challenges are simply real opportunities to see the hand of God work mightily on your behalf. So we have the option. We're gonna buy into the devil's headlines we're going to believe all the negative things he has to say about us. Or are we going to choose to believe God's headlines? Are we going to, like the Apostle Paul says, focus on these earthly things? Or are we going to focus our eyes above? And that's what the scripture says, right? Since we've been raised with Christ, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Apostle Paul says, set your minds on things above. And here's the thing. Sometimes you're going to go through some hard stuff. And you're going to go through some things where you don't even know how to spin this for a positive. That you're sometimes so lost, so spun around, that you don't even know up from down. And I've got some good news for you this morning, church. You can let God help you write your headlines. I mean, to be honest with you, last 20 months, I've had some serious ups and, well, I've had some serious mediums and I've had some downs. And, and I've had to learn and train my mind how to let God renew the things that I think about. I've had to invite him in to first off make sense of what I'm going through and secondly let help me write my own headlines. And this is a tool. This is really where this tool came out of that Danielle and I use of writing our own headlines is as we've gone through some challenging situations and we've been forced to look for the good and and and, and honestly, you know, I'm I'm getting good at this. But, but Danielle has become so, I mean, she's become so good at this, right? Like, you ever have someone in your life that's so good at something, it actually annoys you how good they are, right? And this is how Danielle has become. She's just, I mean, annoying how good she is at this, right? And one of the examples is, is I can remember we, we, were, uh, we went on a drive to go see my family in North Carolina. Uh, you know, I, I like to, to fly 
I, I don't really like anything to take more than two hours. Uh, I get rather impatient. Uh, but Danielle thought it would be so much fun to take a drive down to North Carolina to spend some quality family time together. I, I mean, I still to this day don't understand that. Uh, but anyways, we decided, you know, she won. We didn't fly. We drove. And we set out on our journey, uh, you know, from Fort Erie to drive down to North Carolina. And, and it was nice because the majority of this drive was highways. And I like highways. I like fast and furious. I like being able to drive as fast as I can because somehow it makes me feel like the trip is shorter than it actually is. Uh, uh, but, but the unfortunate part about this trip, and I don't know if it was just me choosing a bad route or whatever, but we spent about you know four or five of the 10 hours or 11 hours of this trip driving through backcountry USA. And you know, after what felt like 300 hours of driving in this kind of you know um, backcountry areas, you know, I start, complaining, right? I, I just can't take it anymore. I'm done. I can't drive behind another slow driver because listen, everybody on the road is a bad driver except for me when I'm in a rush to get somewhere. You know, it felt like it was so long. I couldn't take it anymore. And I was complaining and, and Danielle kind of, you know, she stopped me abruptly because, you know, she can only hear me complaining about the driver that's in front of me and complaining about how I'm going to crash into that person if they don't speed up so much that finally she just stops me. And she said to me like, listen, I don't understand why you're, you're saying all this stuff. Like this trip is amazing. And I mean, like if you just take your eyes off of wanting to smash that person's bumper in front of you and look around you know, there's some pretty amazing things and, you know, like there's mountains and trees and flowers everywhere. And, and, and I mean, I had been driving for, for, for literally hours. I mean, I think it's 250 hours at this point and I didn't even see one single thing until I stopped complaining and looked around and I realized there was flowers everywhere. The scenery was gorgeous. And I realized something on that drive is that there are always flowers for those who look for them. So, I mean, if I was going to write a headline for this trip, it would be something like long, boring, endless drive, beautiful flowers on the road. You know, now maybe you're sitting here and you're like, well, good for you, man. Like, I'm so glad that you have this perfect wife and you have this perfect life and this perfect kid and you're driving on this amazing vacation looking at flowers. But listen, your life has nothing to do with mine. I've got some real challenges. Well, I got to tell you something. I got real challenges, too. I mean, I've, I've shared some of our testimony before and thank God because of the goodness of God and his faithfulness, we're now living in the victory. But, you know, my wife and I, we face some pretty significant challenges. I mean, I talked about it a little bit, but my wife, you know, in the middle of 2020, she faced some very significant health challenges. And, and, and we've had to learn how to write our own headline in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of a challenge, in the middle of 
living in fear and not knowing how things are going to turn out. And in the middle of what seems like only negative headlines, we've had to learn how to write our own headlines. And this tool really emerged out of the season as, as, as we had to force ourselves, not because our situation was changing, because the situation and the challenges that we're facing, there was no changing them. So we had to learn to understand that while we can't change our circumstance, we can change our perspective. And out of this challenging season, my headline became this, Wife Beats Death, the one who is with her, greater than the one against her. Now, it's important to note that my headline didn't change what happened. It didn't change the doctor's appointments. It didn't change the challenges. It didn't change the situations. But what it did change was it changed our perspective. We were hopeless. And now we find ourselves day after day becoming more hopeful. Now listen, I don't know who this is for, but I do know that some of you, most of you, the majority of you right now are facing challenging situations in your life. But I'm here to tell you and proclaim this morning, because you're in Christ, you don't have to set your minds on earthly things. That you've been anointed and graced to focus on things above. That you don't have to focus on what's wrong in your life. You don't have to focus on the challenge, but you can actually look for the things that are right and proclaim what's good in your life. That you don't have to sit around and pick people apart, but you can look for people to love and spread the goodness and the love of God on. Why? Because, listen, just because you can't change your situation, you can't change your diagnosis, you can't necessarily fix your relationship on your own, you can't necessarily force that child to come back to Jesus, you can't necessarily rebuild your faith in a moment after a disappointment, but I can promise you something. There's all Always flowers for those who look for them. There's always flowers. There's always something to be thankful for. There's always something to praise God about. Listen, there may be 10 things wrong in your life, but I can promise you, you can find a hundred things that are right. So I'm going to challenge you. The next time you open up your news app, because I encourage you to stay informed. It's important to stay informed. Faith isn't a denial of circumstances, right? We don't bury our heads in the sand. So the next time you open up your news app, the next time you turn on, you know, your favorite biased news channel, and you see those scary, those negative stories, And you realize that you can't necessarily change what's happening out there. But I pray that as you sit there, you realize that God can change what's in here. But instead of living in fear or anxiety or worry or doubt or disbelief, that you choose to step out in faith. 
You choose to be a light in this world. You choose to call those things that be not as though they were because isn't that what it means to be Christian? Isn't that what it means to be to be a faith person? Listen, it's easy to call those things that be as though they are. It's it's easy to see good things in good times, but but that's not what faith is about. Faith is our ability to stand in the middle of a challenging circumstance and call that thing what we want it to be instead of what it looks like. Faith is writing our own headlines. Faith is letting God renew our mind and change our perspective in a challenging situation. So I took the liberty to write a few headlines for you. Now, it may not be exactly what you're facing, but it's a tool that can help us to change our perspective. It can't change our circumstance, but it can change our perspective. And and so I wrote that, you know, maybe you're finding yourself with a teenager and they're in the middle of, you know, an addiction. They're battling with it. And, and instead of being focused on the negative, you write your own headline that says something like, teen asks for help to escape addiction. The healing process begins. Or maybe you're that person right now who's who's hurting and broken and, and you're, you're stuck in the middle of something and instead of being focused on it, you write your own headline and it sounds like hurting woman cries out to God, finally finds freedom in forgiveness. Here's the thing, I don't know what challenge you're facing. I don't know what pain you're enduring. I don't know what questions you're asking. I don't know what hurts you have on the inside of you that no one knows about. And listen, you may not be able to change your circumstance, but this morning you can choose to change your perspective. You can choose to write your own headlines. Can I tell you something this morning, church? The devil doesn't own your headlines. The devil can't control what you choose to write. The media doesn't control it. The government doesn't control it. Your job doesn't control it. Your boss doesn't control it. The report you got from the doctors doesn't control it. Who you were yesterday doesn't control who you're going to be tomorrow. And the Apostle Paul knew this. Listen, the Apostle Paul understands how to write his own headlines. He also understands that he's not acknowledging or, or he is acknowledging the fact that some things are real but in the midst of the challenge he brings his own headlines he chooses to see God in the middle of his trials and this is what he says in 2nd Corinthians 4 8 and 9 it says we are pressed on every side but not crushed we're perplexed but not in despair we're persecuted but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. It goes on in verse 16 to say this, therefore we do not lose heart. What does he say? It's not a denial of circumstances. We don't lose heart because everything in our life is going peachy. No, he says we don't lose heart, why? Because though we're pressed, 
we're not crushed. We don't lose heart because though we're perplexed, we're not in despair. He says we don't lose heart because though we're persecuted, we're not abandoned, though we're struck down, we're not. Listen, it's not a denial of circumstances. It's realizing that in the middle of this, you can change your perspective. He says in verse 17, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we what? We fix our eyes. There it is again. We fix our eyes. We intentionally choose. We make a conscious and cognitive decision to fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. He says, set your mind on things above. He says, fix your eyes on what is unseen. Why? Because there are always flowers for those who look for them. Can I tell you, church, no matter what you're facing this morning, with the power, the love, the grace of God, Though you can't always change your circumstances. You can change your perspective and rejoice in a God who turns all things around for our good. So Father, this morning, we thank you for your grace, for your goodness, for your help. Where some of us feel as though we are crushed on every side, we're persecuted, we're beat down. Lord, we ask for your help to write our own headlines, to not focus on what's seen, to not focus on these earthly things, but to fix our eyes on you, on what is unseen. Because we know, Father, that our best days are yet to come. We believe that this morning. We choose your headlines this morning. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.